Welcome to Big Fiction Energy. We're at Chapter 5, Borders. Big Fiction Energy. Big Fiction Energy. We already, we already have a theme song, I'm sorry. We're not taking any more uh, unsolicited theme songs. Not even, like, acapella? <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> like big that. Fiction Energy, Big Fiction Energy. So we're like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no. All right. Fair. I think... <laughs> we even stunned Tim the silence that was so bad. I, I, I think if I can say, as I've listened to these going on, um, the fiction energy in each episode is really pretty big. They're getting bigger. Yeah. This is the longest chapter so far. This is the biggest fiction energy so far. Yes. Big energy. This chapter has the biggest fiction energy. I mean, that's exciting. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Right. So, yeah, well, last time we left, uh, Lainey was dressed up as a goblin, a yep. sick goblin, Brutus sick says. Sick goblin. Um, and they, that's part of his plan of getting out of the city. Lainey is not really sure what's happening, but Brutus seems to have a plan, and he's taking care of her so far. I don't like his plan so far. No. Um, this chapter being called Borders... Uh, all Borders bookstores closed. That's true. In Very 2011. Uh, the last 400, uh, privately owned, were then closed over the next year and a half. So we're here in 2020, right? That's the year, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Borders have been gone for a while. Which makes me sad. I loved our local Borders. Yeah. But, like, how are they going to leave if there's no more Borders? <laughs> They're going to cross them. But there are no but, borders but to cross. But there are no borders to cross. I know ours is now a, what, K Jewelers? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. What's Way wrong more with K Jewelers? Yeah, I go to the local jewelry store. Also, I don't wear jewelry. Well, what I need to. <laughs> that once one time in a while. we got engaged. <laughs> I buy you a pearl for a necklace every year. That is true. Was forget borders, about that. I don't want to do that anymore. Was Borders book still around when you went to the jewelry store to get her a ring to marry her? Yeah. So I mean, wait, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna get married? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I had no. I had to do the math. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> was it really 2011 they closed, or did you make? That yeah. Oh, I googled up? it before this one started. Oh, just so I had yeah. that. Bam. Oh, that was yeah, good. No, Big I fiction energy. They had like the huge clearance sales, and I was pregnant with Lily, so I got the like belly book about my pregnancy because it was like, yeah. I feel like I bought a lot during those clearance sales. I probably. I, think, I feel it's hard not to. I remember we would go, like, to the mall, like, on a date in high school, and they would have the, like, buy four, get the fifth You would just buy books every time. And, like, there was a time where I couldn't decide, and I was in there for, like, an hour. I remember you had to physically remove me from the store because we were going to be late to the movie we had gone to the mall to see. Probably some dumb movie anyway. I mean, I'm sure it was really stupid. Probably one that you picked, but... Baby Geniuses 2. No. No? (laughs) Nobody wants to see that movie. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, you Someday you have to tell the story up. of Baby Geniuses too. Uh, it made me real, real upset. <laughs> Almost as upset as I am when I try to eat better. So I go to McDonald's <laughs> and I order a ten piece, and then it comes up as five dollars or four ninety seven. And it's like, well, I might as well eat a twenty piece now because right. it's. I like how you said you're trying to eat better, and then you followed up with, and I went to McDonald's. <laughs> well, right. I mean, if you're going to eat, you have to go to McDonald's. I'm pretty certain. It's, I mean, you could, I like how you did, you didn't even try to like cover yourself by saying, "Well, my eight-year-old really wanted to go to McDonald's." And oh, I was no. trying to be nice to him. Yeah, you just wanted to go to McDonald's. Yeah, 
Because <laughs> no one would go to Buffalo Wild Wings with you. Right. No one would. <laughs> not even not even if I paid for it, they wouldn't go with me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? You didn't ask me. I would have gone. You uh, weren't you even were, here. You weren't even here. You were too busy lying to us about where you were. That's not true. He's not telling the whole story. He's omitting the truth. That's just as you know, bad who's as telling lies. the whole story? Big, Big fiction, fiction energy, energy. Big is fiction telling the whole story. There. Piece yep. by piece. This chapter bye, bye, bye. actually marks, once you didn't finish listening to this chapter, marks the one quarter mark of chapters. There's only 20 chapters? Yeah. Okay. They tend to get longer. Can you make more? I mean, I am, this is a story that I don't really want to end. Aw, thanks, Tim. Yeah. I am in the process of writing the sequel. If that... Could it's we, kind of the same thing. Could we record that on the bigger fiction energy? Bigger podcast? fiction energy? Bigger. Let us be another book. Yeah. We'll keep going. I don't know if everyone can handle the size of this fiction, you guys. <laughs> It's just, it's really girthy. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should get to the chapter before uh, things really go off the rails. Before we get to it, thank you, Soundtrap, for the sound effects. Soundtrap is the, the yeah. editing site that we use. Oh, never Sirenscape, Sirenscape is what we Sirenscape, use for it, sound effects and music. If you need that for anything, especially tabletop RPGs, it's great for. Thanks, Sirenscape. Thank you, Sirenscape. And Soundtrap's okay, too. Soundtrap is also really good. Yeah. For recording and mixing and editing and all that of sounds, which is what we are producing at the moment. <laughs> at least I was. Uh, but yeah, this is Chapter 5, Borders. We'll see you back in about 16 minutes. Brutus led Lanny by a chain leash attached to a harness around her torso. They were, in e- they were in an even darker part of the lower dregs, an area that Lanny had never been to before. That was happening a lot lately. You're walking too upright. Slouch more. And breathe heavier, like it's difficult. Brutus sent a string of instructions at Lanny as they made their way through the metal-lined hallways. This area was made up of metal supports for the levels above. The duo had gone down a few floors. Lanny had tr- lost track of exactly how many. Only the most desperate attempted to make a living down here. No more abodes. No more villages or markets that Lanny was used to in the dregs. This area had no charm. It was all industrial sounds, smells, and dangers, such as huge gears that slowly moved for whatever purpose they had. The two past workers here and there in the darkness, orcs or various primals wearing thick aprons, gloves, and face masks. They were armed with long, huge brushes covered in grease for the workings down here, those seen and unseen. This isn't exactly easy, you know. You're dragging me along. My legs aren't nearly as long as yours. When we get to the wall, you need to be in front of me. Be aggressive. Snarl at people. Try to claw them. I don't have claws. Lenny looked at her hands. Brutus had made the fingers look longer by wrapping thin, painted sheets of metal around the tips, giving her the appearance of claws. They don't know that. Pretend you do. Brutus looked down to look Lenny in the eye. You have to sell this. They're probably on the lookout for us, but not an ogroid goblin and a random minotaur bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, you just wanted an excuse to dress like that. I'll do what I have to do. Brutus smiled at that and continued on his way. He had changed his clothes significantly. Instead of the usual black denim pants and black shirt, he was wearing black leather with armor plates in seemingly random places. The look was completed with a leather mask hanging off part of his face to help him look more intimidating. He carried all of his and Laney's supplies in a large bag slung across his back and gripped his shock baton tight. The hallway the two were heading down ended abruptly at an apparent dead end. Lanny stopped short when she saw what was at the end of the hall. Brutus had to tug on her leash to move 
to get her to move again. Lenny looked down at her feet. I'm not afraid of anything, she thought to herself. She steeled her nerves, which were firing in every and all directions, and looked back up at the things at the end of the hall. The two mongers flanked the wall facing her. The hairs on the back of her neck stood on end. She had never been frightened at all, but when that monger came into a room to intimidate her, she was terribly uncomfortable and never wanted to relive that experience. But seeing them here, now, in this place, the fear she had suppressed that night tried its best to come rushing back. Lainey swallowed hard and took a deep breath, ready and unafraid. Sell it, Brutus whispered through his clenched teeth. His words woke Lainey from her daydream and she shook her head, clearing it. She raised her eyes to the mongers who were still standing at the end of the hall. The walls here were solid metal now, more than girders and gears making up the infrastructure. The mongers continued to look at the two. One may have raised an eyebrow, but the mask made it impossible to tell. These two looked exactly the same as the other, right down to the dark miasma that clung around their feet. Standing here now, Lanny knew she was fine, unafraid. Having Brutus right behind her didn't hurt either. Lanny looked up and let out a slow breath. She lunged at the mongers, snarling and snapping her jaws. One of the mongers stepped back in surprise. The other laughed a wet leopard snarl, a wholly inhuman sound coming from a humanoid body. What are these things? Lanny thought. Brutus hauled back on her leash, and the harness kept her from getting to within half a meter of the mongers. What is your business here, Minotaur? The monger that had laughed asked. I've been hired to remove this goblin ogre from the city. Brutus responded, pointing his shock baton at Lanny. Why didn't you just kill it? The other monger asked, resuming his stance. Its ogroidism has advanced too far. It's too tough to kill. I'm going to take it beyond the wall and leave it. Well, that would only endanger the slums, so who cares? <laughs> Hell of a job to take on. It's a little one. Nothing I can't handle. Brutus said with a cocky air he didn't feel. He was glad his mask was covering the sheen of sweat that was covering his face. Even the massive minotaur was feeling the cloying pull into terror by being around the mongers. The dark tendrils of energy filled the end of the hall, their dark motes in the air that seemed to emanate from the creatures made breathing difficult. These tactics forced the body of whoever was around the mongers to enter a panic state. Not able to breathe, the body will initiate a fight-or-flight response, but the repellent nature of the mongers often forced any interaction with them to be a short one, as they were, they were intimidating figure, figures. They weren't as tall as Brutus, nor as wide, but had presence that made it obvious they were deadly. Get it out of here. The two stepped aside, revealing a door that slid up into the wall. Lanny lunged forward again, trying to slash at the monger to her right, the one that stepped back last time. This time, though, the fiend lashed out himself with a vicious backhand to her head, sending her spinning through the doorway into a small room. Didn't seem so tough. You should be fine. The monger said to Brutus as he passed next. The door closed shut once again as Brutus entered the small room. Dull lights filled the bare metal room with a depressing aura. That could have gone worse. Brutus stated as he knelt down to check on Lanny, who was still sprawled on the floor. Are you all right? I didn't expect them to hit you. At least you sold it. I think I'm okay. It'll probably bruise. Those guys are strong as hell. Lanny rubbed her jaw, but Brutus pushed her hand away. Don't rub the pain off. But yeah, you're lucky he held back. He could have taken your head right off. Lanny looked at Brutus with a horrified expression. Even her makeup and muzzle couldn't hide her look of shock. I'm, I'm kidding. Brutus smiled at her. For everything else, the mongers are known to respect the work of bounty hunters. I knew they wouldn't seriously hurt you. Well, thanks for that. Lanny was cut off as she tried to regain her feet. The room lurched with a sickening drop and then leveled out, but it was clearly moving. The sound was enough to make that obvious. Lanny covered her ears and shouted something to Brutus, who just shook his head and looked around. Brutus helped steady Lanny and then himself, setting his legs in a wide stance. 
The sound dropped away as the room, or elevator, as it would be more accurately called, settled into motion. What was that? We're going down more? Seems like it. I thought we were at the wall. I did think it was quite underwhelming. How far down are we going? The effects of the mongers hadn't completely worn off, making Lanny and Brutus on edge. Do you think they knew who we are? Are we going to the dungeons? Just breathe. Brutus put a, said putting a hand on Lanny's shoulder to help calm her. There was no indication that they were arresting us or anything. Even down in the dregs there are rules. We must have not gone down as far as we thought earlier. Lanny took a deep breath and coughed out the last of the mongers' motes from her throat and then settled against the wall. I still have to pretend when we get to the bottom, right? <clears throat> yes. <coughs> Just don't be too aggressive towards any other mongers. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Lainey said, touching the back of her hand to her jaw again. I do have a question, though. Shoot. What is up with this costume? What's Ogroid? If I'm a sick goblin, why am I snarling and attacking things? Uh, well, first of all, that's three questions. But okay, here we go. <clears throat> Ogroidism, or simply turning ogre, is like cancer. It can affect any living thing, but it seems to really hit the void-born hard. Brutus stopped to look at Lanny, whose face seemed to be tied in a knot. Stop that. You're cracking your makeup. I'll slow down for you. <clears throat> I can't believe they didn't teach you this stuff at school. Okay, so this mostly affects orcs and goblins, but anyone, anything, can turn into an ogre. The body changes. No one is sure why. Well, maybe someone does, but they're not talking. So your body changes. Sometimes fast, sometimes slow. Depends on the person, I guess. Either way, you change into an ogre. A mindless beast that just wants to destroy and eat. All ogres have some things in common, but it depends on the race of who is changing. All ogres get tough. Really tough. Even a goblin can have skin as hard as metal and bones that are nearly impossible to break. They get strong, too. Impossibly strong. They turn gray, or darker gray, and they lose any semblance of personality. Their teeth get huge, or bigger in the case of orcs, but depending on what the creature is, their features are exaggerated. Goblins get long arms and fingers capable of slashing rocks to pieces. Orcs get strong enough to smash down a building. Elves are faster than the eye can follow. Elves? Uh, yeah. Sorry, there aren't elves anymore. Just what I was told as a calf. Uh, anyway, it makes you much better at whatever you were already good at. A goblin ogre isn't that big of a deal. They don't get too much bigger, but they're still deadly. I told the mongers your ogroidism was already advanced far enough that you're too tough to kill by myself. I just hope we don't run into a real one on the road. Wow. Laney mused in the corner of the elevator as it continued to rumble on. I had no idea that was a thing. I mean, I've heard of cancer, but not ogroidism. That's awful. There's no cure? Other than death? Not that anyone is sharing. That was a really good idea to, pre I, to pretend I am one. No one would come close to me. Right. That's the worst part of ogres. What is? Laney asked, standing up straighter. It seems that contact with an ogre, like a scratch or especially a bite, will pass on the curse. So if you're bit by an ogre, you become an ogre? Seems that way. Brutus said, ending the conversation just as the elevator came to a sudden halt. The elevator door creaked upwards, revealing a sight neither occupant was expecting. The elevator opened to what appeared to be a market of sorts. There were humans, primals, orcs, and goblins milling about. Lanny looked down as she stepped out of the elevator. There was dirt under her feet. Real dirt. This must be where they got it for in Garm. Lanny thought to herself. The dirt was a fine grit of light sediment. It clung greedily to her rags and boots. Above the sun shone bright and high in the sky. Lainey took a deep breath and felt like she was breathing air she never had before. She waited and looked at the sky above. She knew it was the same sky she saw from inside Gaul, but being beyond the wall, it seemed different. 
She took a few tentative steps out of the elevator before Brutus nudged her with his baton. Solat, he whispered through clenched teeth. Only then did Delaney realize they were being stared at by virtually everyone in the, in the vicinity. She closed her eyes for half a second and gritted her teeth. She snarled at Brutus and lunged towards the closest people, a small family of bandits, raccoon primals. The people shrieked and shied back at the, at the, from the assumed monster. Ogre! None of the, one of the black mass primals called. Kill it! Someone else shouted. That cry was followed up by many shouts of encouragement and affirmation. It's too far gone, Brutus announced, the ogre straining on the leash. I need to take it to the wilds. Can anyone help? I'll take full responsibility for the ogre. The people about seemed to calm after that. Brutus had a way of instilling people with confidence. Didn't hurt he was a hulking minotaur, at least three times the size of the ogre. Lanny used this pause to look around more. The dirt under her their feet seemed to go on forever. The ground was a light clay, fine in grit but firm underneath. The market they found themselves in was a collection of rough shanties clearly cobbled together from scrap metals. Lanny saw beyond the small stalls that served as shops. There were many more buildings that hugged closer to the tower, towering walls of Gaul. Lanny noticed for the first time the massive structure they had exited. She was so amazed at the sights in front of her that she didn't think to turn around and see where they came from. Gaul stretched upwards and out in all directions as far as she could see. There was no top of it as visible, no matter how far back she craned her neck. The walls continued up into the sky, past the clouds above. They filled their vision in all directions, no end in sight. The sun currently shone onto the walls, but in a few hours the city would block all light, bringing night early to these slums. The immensity of it all was astounding. Lanny always knew Gaul was a large city, but she never dreamed of something on this magnitude. She guessed she would see over a kilometer to the north, and about half of that to the south, and the walls continued on, unbroken, unchanging. Again, she always knew she was privileged to live above the dregs, but she had no idea how high up she had always been. She took a step back from the city, the enormity of it beginning to overwhelm her. Brutus elbowed her, and she snarled at him, suddenly remembering her character. People are watching. Don't forget you're an ogre, not a shocked little girl. This is amazing, I agree, but we can talk about it later. Lenny looked up at him and growled louder, as if to say, This better? Brutus hauled on her leash and led her away from the walls. Lenny was glad to be moving away from them. She never wanted to go back inside anyway. Let's make our way to the area between the few buildings. We'll figure out what to do without people watching. Heads turned and followed them across the market, but no one was moving towards the terrifying ogre. They ducked back between two of the low shanties, and Lenny immediately ripped off her muzzle and took a deep breath of the clean air. <sighs> so much better, she exclaimed, a little too loudly for Brutus as he clamped his huge hand over her face and shushed her. Shh! People are still nearby. We need a plan before you start yelling. Right. Sorry. What's next? That's what I've been dying to know. A voice startled both Lanny and Brutus from the far end of the alley. The duo turned to see a young woman standing confidently at the mouth of the alley, her hands on her hips showing off a longsword hanging from her waist. The sun shone behind the figure, rendering her features nothing but a black, black silhouette. Who are you, and why are you disguised as an ogre? Who are you, and why are you following us? No. The girl stepped forward, thrusting out a pointed finger. You're not from around here. You answer the questions. You're in no position to ask me anything. I can have the mongers here in moments, and then you'll be back to where whatever you're running from. Lanny and Brutus looked at each other for a moment before Brutus stepped forward, dropping the leash. All right, clearly you're good at reading people. The girl nodded. We're trying to get out of Gaul and make our way to Drawn. Any way you can help us would be greatly appreciated. The girl stepped up to Brutus, allowing herself to be seen without the glare of the sun behind her. 
She was a little taller than Lanny, which didn't take much, but was clearly around the same age, probably a year or two older. She had dark skin, crazy kinked hair that flew out in all directions, and Lanny noticed a beautiful face. She was slender, but obviously not a weakling. She wore studded leathers that went perfectly well with her sword, and a small round shield was slung over her back. Brutus noticed that the leather was well worn, and the hilt of the sword looked like it had seen much use. This girl is experienced, Brutus thought, and nodded his approval. John, huh? She asked, looking up at Brutus and then to Lanny. The girl locked eyes with Lanny for a moment, and Lanny wasn't quite sure what to make of the look she saw. She didn't have time to decide before the girl blinked and turned back to Brutus. Just so happens my dad is leading a caravan to Frank, not too far from John. You two could be mercenaries looking for work. He'd pay you to keep the van safe. Safe from what? Jeez, you really aren't from around here. The girl rolled her eyes and ran a hand through her unkept hair. Safe from whatever may be on the road. Bandits, ruffians, rotters, hopefully no real ogres. Those all sound the like those all sound like the same thing, besides the ogres. Last to teach you, huh? Bandits are just people trying to survive in the wilds. No good, but not much to overcome if they attack. Can get lucky though. Ruffians are a bit worse. They tend to be more organized and have a strong leader. Group we could run into call themselves flesh renders. Doesn't make sense, but they don't care. Rotters or marauders, on the other hand, are the worst thing besides ogres out here, marauding robots that gone crazy. Pretty rare, but still a You two all right? The girl interrupted herself as the two newcomers looked at her with their mouths agape. Neither had exper- expected half of what she was saying. Well, either way's fine with me. Though this guy... The girl reached up slightly to wrap her knuckles on Brutus's chest. Looks like he'd do well in a fight. When you close your mouths and make up your minds, come find me. East end of town. The name's Cass. So yeah, we met a new major character. Found oh, out yeah. some big deals, too, with uh, kind of world-building stuff with ogres. Yeah. Saw some more mongers. More mongers. Love those guys. Can't have enough. Love to hate those guys. True. Uh, they seem like they do their job. I mean, right? yeah. They keep the peace. That seems like a peaceful place. And like at the end of the day, they're just going back to their monger families. You know, monger babies. Yeah. <laughs> Those little dust motes turn into new little baby mongers. Oh, yeah. no, that's I not imagine really it being very cute. I mean, I know it's not, but that would be really adorable. Oh, they would not be cute. It's like, meow. I imagine that's the sound that they would make. You just think they look like baby Yoda, but gray. Kind of a little bit. With like the <gasps> spiky things off. What if baby Yoda <laughs> got ogreism? Ooh. That would be... That'd be terrifying. Yeah. An ogre with, like, force powers. Dang. So, no tell thanks. us a little bit about this, like, ogre thing. So, yeah, so, ogre is one of my favorite things when I was developing stuff for this, because I wanted to include a lot of classic fantasy stuff, but change <clears throat> it a bit. So, the idea that ogres were created as, like, a cancer in a way. Like, it could happen to anybody at any time, but... It's also transferred like zombies. Like if you get bit by an ogre, you're gonna become an ogre. It just might take a while, depending on where you got bit, what type of creature you are to begin with. Like a little goblin gets bit by an ogre, they're gonna be an ogre within a couple of days at most. But like, if like what if Brutus got bitten? I was gonna use that as an example. Uh, Brutus being a large minotaur would probably take weeks or more. So it's really based on body mass, kind of. Part of it. Your constitution, you know. Gotcha. How many fortitude saves can you pass? Right. <laughs> and, like, does it matter at all, like, if 
Brutus got bitten by a goblin ogre. Ooh, Does know, it matter, like, the size of the thing that bit you? Or is I don't it think just, so. like, a concentration in, like, their saliva Well, or the void spawn are just more susceptible to it anyway. The ogres, or uh, orcs and goblins. Um, just because, like, the whole ogreism spawns from the, bo- the void anyway. So, those, those creatures that are essentially demons are gonna be... They're gonna turn more easily. It's more common. Like, the most common ogres come from goblins. Just to clarify, though, so if a minotaur, mm-hmm. ogreism, mm-hmm. bites another minotaur without it, yeah, does he turn into an ogre as fast as if he was bitten by a goblin with ogreism? Uh, sure. I'm gonna go with yes. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you think it should be faster in that I, case? I don't know what it should be. <laughs> I just, I didn't like that. <laughs> Uh, you guys are throwing too many tough questions at me. Well, it, you know. But I'm going to give answers. You yeah. got to think about it, yeah. They're always going to be, I don't know. Because my world, I can say whatever I want. Well, I feel the, like the authors the that don't answer it have very small fiction energy. Ooh, and right. this is, you know, it has a lot of big fiction energy. So... But yeah, Ogre is one of my favorite parts of it just because it's another source of that fear. Like, it could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Anytime. You could wake up and, like, part of your skin has turned gray. Someone's can- going to call it in. Monger's going to come take you away. Are there mosquitoes in this world? Sure. Can they transfer ogreism? No. Oh my God, can you imagine right. an ogroid mosquito? <laughs> that was terrifying. Crashes through the window. <laughs> it doesn't just someone threw a baseball. It doesn't splat on the windshield. It just goes right through it. Yeah, like the logs in Final Destination. Oh God! Oh, I know terrifying. you love that scene. <laughs> you had logs. You had logs. Um, besides ogreism, I think is a big deal to to discuss in this chapter. I think the introduction of Cass is even yeah. bigger deal. Yep. Um, so kind of a little spoilery. She is um, a main character going forward. She joins the main characters. The party. She yeah, the party. And she's the what? Girl. Isabel, right? The other main character. Oh yeah, the one that got cut. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's got a vendetta now that she's got a cut face. <laughs> right. You know. Now she she's gonna pick up that monger mask. Yeah. I'm just saying. I Ooh. did. It's and funny. A little bit of og- ogreism. <laughs> ogreism. Can't say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could just say turning ogre or something yeah. like that. Uh, I do like how you said she joins the party because I did want to write it, kind of like a traditional like JRPG. Yeah. Where like. As you go through the story, more people join in. Cass has joined the party. She has joined the party. She would be probably a ranger if she was like a and d class. Does she have good stuff in her inventory that I can take for my own character? Oh, what, are you going to kill her and then question. loot the body? No, just never level her up. No, yeah. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, she definitely has better equipment than Lanier Brutus because she had a buckler and leather armor. Well, I think she had studded leather armor yeah. and a longsword. And her goblin costume is probably a lot better, too. I mean, Lanny, she's trying to get rid of that. Also, big props to Lanny for not um, compuncturing. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that for not that, just stabbing that her. monger. Yeah, that slapped yeah. her Oh, around. when she got hit. Yeah. 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 Oh, she wasn't really expecting that because Brutus was like, you got to sell it. Like, you're, you're a sick cop when you're going to be aggressive. And then she did it. And then the, the monger was just like, wham. And that was unpleasant for her because they're strong. 
So, and, and when the mongers are talking to Brutus, too, about, like, well, why haven't you just killed it? Is that kind of the standard issue? You find something that has ogredidosis, <laughs> and <laughs> you, just, you just take it out right there? Uh, typically, the, the sooner that you can dispatch it, the better. Because they get really tough, right? Yeah, no matter what race it is that becomes an ogre, the first thing that changes is they turn gray, and they get really physically tough and difficult to kill. Like they can survive horrendous wounds that other, would kill other things. Yeah, I think it describes um, like oh, never mind. I can't can't remember exactly how it was worded. Um, I have it in front of me, but I'd have to flip through a bunch of papers. Um, but yeah, they get tough and they are very difficult to kill. So uh, Brutus, his kind of cover was, well, I gotta get. The, I'm I'm in charge of getting this out of the city, keeping other people safe because I'm a huge tough minotaur bounty hunter. Once I get it out, I'll lead it away from the city and just leave it in the woods and hope it doesn't kill too many other people kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe a bigger ogre will come along and eat it or something. Because <laughs> even though it's an life. ogre, it's not going to get that much bigger as a goblin. Right. Like, they'll get bigger, but not huge. Hmm. So his girth will stay relatively <laughs> similar. Speaking of, this is the girthiest chapter so far. Yep. Tis. So far, others will be will have Girthier. more girth. Okay, <laughs> we'll be surprised by the girth as we continue on. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> the way they look at me when they say girth <laughs> makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, but yeah, I am excited for um, hearing reactions to the relationships that are built within the party at this point, introducing Cass, um, having some somebody else for Lane to play off of, essentially, other than just Brutus. Because uh, we know how they interact at this point. You know, We yeah. know that they have a nice, friendly relationship. Brutus is like a mentor, but it's kind of like... mentor on his way... Not on his way out. He's not like super old or anything. What am I trying to say? Well, like, it's... It's really a coming-of-age story that you're telling, and Lanny's kind of reaching that point where she doesn't need the mentor anymore. Like, Brutus has done his job. He's becoming more like a peer and not so much like something to aspire towards. That's what I was trying to say, but you said it way better. Yeah, you know? But yeah, some stuff. We've seen so far that Lanny can certainly be a bit immature. She can be... She's super headstrong... Very aggressive. Yeah, I mean, that, I think, goes with her just age and na- naivete. Naivete. Ugh, I hate that uh, word. Knife so yeah. <laughs> with the yeah. 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 <laughs> in the teeth. Knife in, knife in the yeah, teeth. Yeah, knife in the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Naivete. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing about kind of how this chapter ends, too, is you can, like, see the door to the rest of the world, like, right over there. Like, it's about to open up in a girthy way. <laughs> oh, you feel like you really Stretched. tried to fit they're, that yeah. one in. They're going. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about the world opening up, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the their revelation of their, where they came from. They didn't realize. Where they're like going down this elevator and they're like, wow, we're still going down? Like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Well, like Brutus was half expecting to come out underground at that point because they thought the dregs was like the level below and then if you just walk to the edge of the dregs, you'd be at the door, some kind of gate mm. to the rest of the world. They didn't realize that they were actually hundreds of feet up 
and there was just so much more below them they never knew about. And especially, like, your description of, like, the dregs and stuff, it seems, like, seedy underground. That should be the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So it should be the bottom, or they even, like, subterranean. Mess, let alone several hundred feet worth. Yeah. Right? And then <laughs> so, they come out, and it's totally, like, there's dirt on the ground, there are trees. Yeah. And he's never seen trees before. Um, crazy. Which is uh, something we'll see in the, in the next chapter, actually. Um, but yeah, things that she's never experienced. Like, she's seen wood. She talked about how, like, in Garum, uh, there were buildings made out of wood and things. And, mm-hmm. like, that was kind of new, but she'd seen it before. But now yeah. it's like, this is where it came from. This is crazy. So, like, up where they were before, above the dregs... Uh, as we've established, bodes are really rare. But as we've gotten further down where there's more trees, bodes could be really a regular occurrence. You could find them I mean, almost anywhere with water. I feel like you told us that there weren't going to be any more bodes, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm hopeful now. Did I say that on... I almost said on camera. Great question. I don't know. I might have been between... I can't remember if that was between. I said there were no more bodes in this story. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But there might be now? No more bodes. No, I mean, there weren't any bodes to begin with. No, but. That doesn't bode well for our heroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. That was good. Um, I want to talk about Cass for a minute because... Yes. Um, fun fact, after doing this episode... For days afterwards, I had, like, a malingering Midwestern accent. Malingering? malingering. <laughs> Is it, like, lingering, but it's also malignant? <laughs> Did you, like, spread it to other people at the same time? It was well, highly it's, uh, contagious. <laughs> Sounds like a Tim word, malingering. <laughs> Malingerie. Yeah. The best part is, is whether you are bitten by a minotaur with it or a goblin, the malingering spreads at an even rate. Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh, so the accent you're using for cast you had you had in certain words for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember specifically asking you to you know hand me those, and those. you were like, the, "Oh, I asked you to take those cans downstairs," and you were like, "What?" And I was like, "Those cans," and you're what like, cans? "What cans?" And I was like, and I specifically remember uh, sticking up one specific finger in your direction. Not it was a thumb. thumb. Yeah, she was um, like, great job for getting those cans. Thanks oh, for taking yeah. those cans. Great job. Thanks so much. Which is um, funny, because, you know, living in upstate New York. You know. But if you go just a little bit northwest, there be, the Rochester area, people talk almost like the Midwest. And yeah. it's like, what, like they call soda pop yeah. and everything? Like well, they're, they're close just to backwards. the Great Lakes, so they have, uh, everyone pretty much owns a boat. <laughs> the accent just carries over the water, right? Yeah. Yeah. From Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. Isn't it Minnesota? Well, both of them, uh, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I've actually never been out there. Which is weird, because no, I didn't realize totally there true. was just a regular soda, and then a right. mini soda. Well, they're a lot more <laughs> health conscious there. They yeah. don't want you to eat, drink, a, right. or yeah. eat. Is yeah, Minnesota right, like different than a diet soda? No, it's just, it's a, just it's a smaller soda. It has I want less a, girth. I, <laughs> I do want to try the new. Apparently, there's new Mountain Dew with like zero. Yeah, that's different than Diet Mountain Dew. Correct. It tastes more like regular Mountain Dew. I'm interested because in that. Diet Mountain Dew. I actually really like Diet. Sodas. I don't mind Diet, Diet Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew is one of the worst liquids <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> See, I, I used to hate it, and then I liked it for a while, and then I hated it again, and now I don't mind it. Yeah. 
It's I mean, still not good. No. <laughs> but I'll get one once in a while. I've seen a, I've seen a lot about it though, and uh, apparently, it's pretty okay. I do want to try one at some point. A lot better than Diet Mountain Dew is usually the the thing that is said. Which it's not really setting the bar too high. Well, right. I mean, but when you're talking about soda without sugar, and zero calories. usually just yeah. means it tastes like Chemicals. trash. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up garbage trash. in your mouth. I remember one time I tried a diet uh, like cherry Ugh. Pepsi or something, and I was like, no, I think it was like oh, no, cherry Coke Zero, and yeah. it was awful. It was so bad. I don't think I finished it. I think I dumped half of it out. I couldn't get anybody else in the store to drink it. Like at the local game store, people around I'm like, you want this? I took one drink of it. And I'm done, and then nobody wanted it. I dumped it. Diet Dr Pepper though. But Dr Pepper is just awful to begin is, whoa, with. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> I knew that was going to get started. Wow! Okay. It. Uh, huh. Tim just left. <laughs> Reevaluating my friendships. Wow. This is rough. You need him. I'm just kidding. Diet Dr Pepper. Well, okay. Let's put it this way, then. If you don't like regular Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper is one of the closest-tasting beverages to the undiet version of itself. Hmm. I feel like it's 2020. This shouldn't be that much of a problem anymore. Just make it taste like it. Like, you can get seltzers that taste like, you know, whatever. Shy watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Hint of raspberry. Yeah. like it, it actually, But it actually tastes like raspberry. It doesn't taste yeah. like raspberry flavoring. Yeah. You know, it tastes like raspberry. Snozberries taste like snozberries. But you can't get diet soda to taste like the regular stuff. Yeah, I, and I've never had a good diet snozberry soda. <laughs> never. That one is just the worst. Can't maintain the, the flavor. Worst. The worst. The worst. So, um, what do I usually say here? Full disclosure, I say to my students sometimes, and it's like, I didn't do this thing, so we're not going to do it today. <laughs> Right on. I just did that last week. We were reading the the Beak of the Finch through throughout a class, and I was like, full disclosure, I forgot to read the chapter this week for discussion, so we'll just do it next week when I remember to do it. Way to set that example. <laughs> it's my seniors. They most of them didn't do it anyway. Give them some more time. I and think they appreciate the honesty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And life happens. Like what? Right. I get senioritis too sometimes. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, full, disclosure, full disclosure I can't remember if I did it for this episode or not yet but um, if you'd like to get any kind of more interaction with the Big Fiction Energy check out dancoleauthor.com uh, the blog every other Thursday the opposite Thursdays that the podcast comes out every other Thursday um, so important to state there's something new every Thursday every Thursday yeah. is either podcast or blog uh, it's also on Facebook check out look for Dan Cole Author or on Twitter I stand underscore HDH. I C E D A N underscore HDH. Check us out in those in places. HDH. I'm going to be having, um, you know, so I obviously I let people know when the, when the podcast launches on Thursdays. I'm also going to be including some more like interactive stuff like polls, questions. Uh, let's see, you know, listeners can tell us what they think about things or what they think is going to happen, make some predictions, stuff like that. Tell us about anything you want. Yeah. Indeed. And and what do you want to hear more about from us? Like in these intros and outros. What do you want to know about? What do you want us to talk about? Yeah, we could use some focusing during these times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Eh. A like, little bit. Like what makes an, a monger become an ex-monger? Right. Like, oh, yeah. That's something to do think Do they about. have good benefit plans when they become an ex-monger? 
Right. Is there a severance package? Right. Oh. Yeah. Just like Lonnie severed. <laughs> that you're one stuck on that. Yeah, because she didn't sever the whole you're, face. You're going through this book, man, and you know Lonnie's, you know, jumping off stuff and doing cool stuff and disobeying her parents, and then she cuts somebody. Like straight up, like Dwight in the office with the CPR dummy. Oh, <laughs> right. Wow, no, <laughs> that did not happen. And then it she wore that cut. dummy's face to disguise herself as a and goblin. That's how she got out. <laughs> yeah, she's and wearing like God, it. Isabel, you got ugly. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, that's, that's messed up. Yeah, and if you would uh, be so kind, you know, like, rate, review, subscribe, all of those things yes. on, you know, whatever platform you listen to the podcast on, it would be great because it gets us, you know, up in the world and lets people know that we're here. Spread the word. We're doing it. Word of mouth is super powerful. And we're still looking for um, your suggestions and ideas on how Jork broke his spine. His head spine. His head spine, yeah. His not, his, spine. not his back not his butt. Not like spine. Bane came in and busted his back <laughs> butt. Crackalacka like a lobster. Whoa. Yikes. Yikes. When you cook orcs, though, you do have to boil them live. Otherwise. Right. Yeah. Uh, They're just too tough that way. Yeah. Tough and stringy. Yep. Not mm. a lot of fat on them. Shocking. Which is surprising, yeah. They yeah. come from the void. There's not fat there. Right. Hmm. Just how it is, you know? Mm-hmm. The realm of darkness. There's no fat. That makes sense. Low-fat foods then come from the void. Well, I mean, there's no flavor, so... Right. Just salt. That's all they have in the void. <laughs> salt. 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 Very high in sodium, the void. <laughs> oh salt God. plains everywhere. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, otherwise, next up is chapter six, called Sparring. Yeah. So I think we can have predictions about what does that title mean? What's Who's sparring? Um, what are we sparing? Obviously, Lonnie rides Brutus around like a horse and has spars on her boots <laughs> to make him go faster. <laughs> it's called sparring when she wants him to speed up. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, other than that, we'll see you in two weeks. Stay classy. I'm sticking with that one for now. <laughs>